welcome to Talk of Tumwa, the production of Greater Tumwa Partners in Progress. On this podcast, we'll talk about the local businesses in Tumwa to give you the backstory to their success. We'll also talk about the economic initiatives that are driving the progress of the community. And we'll talk about the issues that the community faces and much more. So stick around and let's talk of Tumwa. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Talk of Tumwa. Today, we have in the studio with us Sandra McReynolds, who is the branch coordinator for the Ottumwa Distribution Center of the Food Bank of Iowa. Welcome, Sandra. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. In looking up uh, some information for today's topic, I came across a couple of interesting statistics. You know, when we talk about economic development, we really have to talk about everybody in the community, and some of that might be negative um, to a certain degree. And, you know, everybody knows that we do have a little bit of a economic problem in uh, Wapalo County, Iowa. That's never been a surprise to anybody. Uh, we, we have suffered with generational poverty for quite some time, and uh, which led me to finding a quote from the National Library of Medicine that was published in 2020. And it says, poverty is both a cause of mental health problems and a consequence. Poverty in childhood and among adults can cause poor mental health through social stresses, stigma, and trauma. Equally, mental health problems can lead to impoverishment through loss of employment or underemployment or fragmentation of social relationships. It goes on to say poverty and deprivation are key determinants of a child's social and behavioral development and adult mental health. And I know that that's uh, at least part of that is not necessarily something that your organization deals with, but it's been a hot topic in, in our region for a while now, the mental health side of things. And clearly that's kind of where your organization does come in because we do have a high poverty rate in Wapalo County. According to the 2020 census, we're at about 15.5% poverty. And clearly a lot of that has been generational. And what was the statistic we were looking at just a few minutes ago? The overall food insecurity rate for Wapalo County is 10.7%. So Enough about the boring stuff. Let's talk about where uh, the Food Bank of Iowa comes into play for Wapalo County. So first of all, if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about yourself and the Food Bank. Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. So um, I have been with the Food Bank of Iowa since 2015. I was with them prior to the merger of Food Bank of Southern Iowa and Food Bank of Iowa. Um, so it's been a really interesting few years um, implementing these new support systems and infrastructure improvements that make it easier for us to serve more people and serve them at a higher capacity. Um, The Food Bank of Iowa is Iowa's largest hunger fighting organization. We are one of 200 Feeding America food banks that are um, accountable for ensuring adequate levels of service for all counties across Iowa. Um, We do that through partnership with um, various types of partner agencies, food pantries, meal sites, And to your point about um, children, specifically school pantries, we have several school pantries across this southern region that we serve um, out of the Ottumwa Distribution Center. And in town, we have three just in the Ottumwa School District. Okay. Where do you get a lot of the product that you're pushing out to all of these places? Where does that come from? Okay, that's another great question. Food comes to us from three primary sources. The first of which most people are familiar with at some level, the USDA Commodity Program. During the previous administration, there was a 
radical increase of those foods coming to us through trade mitigation and things like that. And then also when COVID hit us, of course, the CARES Fund came in and started providing additional resources. Um, since that time, that emergency proclamation has gone away. Those things have, have uh, reduced. And we used to get, I believe it's about 50% of our food through USDA. Now it's down to about 23%. Um, so that's a radical difference that we're having to make up through purchasing, um, which is something we've always tried to keep low. But at present, we are really having to make up the balance. We've just this year increased our um, purchasing by 650% to meet this increased need. Um, in addition to those purchased and USDA foods, though, we also get a lot of great donations. Um, as a Feeding America partner, we're entitled to some corporate partnerships with places like Walmart, Aldi, Target, Trader Joe's, um, and variety of other retailers that provide us things that they would pull off the shelf that might not be as lovely to the consumer, but they're still edible. Um, so that, that allows us to get those directly into the hands of people that need them, while at the same time keeping them out of landfills. Let's talk about who is typically going to the food pantry. I know that there's there's been a lot of stigma that's been attached to that over the last several years, you know, uh, people that don't have jobs or, or whatever it looks like. That's been kind of what you hear is going to the food banks. In reality, I don't think that's the case. So who actually are the utilizers of the food bank service? Yeah, and that's a common myth that that only maybe people that have some mental health or some substance abuse issues or that just, um, you know, we're here in southeast Iowa and we hear that, um, you know, there's that hardcore work ethic. And so sometimes there's some judgment against folks that go. But honestly, you and I and our neighbors are all just kind of um, potentially food insecure. It only takes one cat catastrophic event for a lot of people that are working one or two lower wage jobs to make ends meet. You know, say maybe their kiddo gets sick and a single mom has to stay home from work to take care of her kiddo. She's losing out on that pay. Um, that's going to maybe put her from being able to buy groceries that week to not, and then she's going to need to access those pantries. Um, it's, it's something that we're trying to really help people recognize that, that that stigma is inaccurate, especially with kind of the stagnant wages that we see across southeast Iowa. And, and yeah, we have seen some increases over the last few months, and that's, that's great, but it still doesn't resolve the problem. Um, collectively. So um, we just try and make sure that people understand that, that any one of us could be food insecure at any moment and that, um, that frankly, most of the people that we see attending pantries are working and they're just not working at a wage that is able to support their family. So it's interesting that you say that because something that I've said for a long time and really from the perspective that I was saying, it was really from a mental and physical disability side, but I guess it does play right over into what you're talking about is people that are judgmental towards folks that, that have a disability or, 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 you know, they have a crisis that comes along to where they're having to utilize services like yours be careful about making those judgments because you're exactly one thing away from being a recipient of that service. So never judge people. Right. Um, you, you mentioned a few things in what you just said. What are some of the trends that you've been seeing? Because you said you've been there for a few years now. Has there been any consistent trends that you have seen in respect to the food bank or any new trends that you're starting to see? The biggest trend that we're really um, aware of right at present is the radical increase in need this year. Um, you know, we all thought when COVID hit, that was going to be our, our kind of like high watermark. 
and, and it was for a while, but then we started seeing things um, kind of normalize and get back to pre-COVID levels a little bit. But um, this spring, when the SNAP benefits went back from um, the COVID maximum allotment down to the uh, pre-emergency levels, uh, we immediately began to see an increase in people um, needing a little bit of additional help with their food budget. Right at that same time is when we started seeing the really um, dramatic increase in food and fuel and other costs. Um, and so it's kind of the perfect storm. And then, you know, especially when you look back at last year when people were getting their child tax credits a little bit early, like a month at a time, um, that kind of led into the spring where that wasn't kind of that, that savings account of sorts that some people rely on in the spring to get caught up and get ahead. So it was just all happening right at the same time and it really put a pinch on people. So from the food bank's perspective, we're seeing that we are serving um, the highest numbers that we have in our 40 year history of doing business, wow. which is a little concerning as we head into the cold winter months, um, holiday months, where people are already kind of stretched thin, then you throw in these elevated heating costs and it could be um, you know, really problematic for some people to, to bridge that gap. So we're doing everything that we can to try and spread awareness of the current situation and that trend that has happened um, and, and just hoping that people will come alongside us and both with volunteerism and their dollars to help us meet that need. Speaking of volunteerism, we had a ribbon cutting down at, at your building here not too long ago and a beautiful building for anybody who hasn't been in it, which kind of leads to where I'm headed with this. Uh, one of the things that I noticed as soon as I walked in the door was there were a lot of people there that uh, were volunteers for the organization, which yeah, I've said for a long time, Wapalo County has a volunteerism spirit. Uh, it's one of the things that makes this area great. But your organization specifically seems to have a whole lot of volunteers in, in comparison to some of the other places here in town. Yeah, that was um, that was a really fun event, and I'm glad you and so many of the ambassadors were able to join us for that. Thank you. Um, and, and yeah, the volunteer program is really a central piece of what we do. Um, as I mentioned, we have a lot of donation opportunities that come to us both for, through individuals and retail partnerships. And something that I like to share with folks is that every piece of food that comes through that door has to go through three hands before it can get on inventory. I should say every donated piece of food. Um, we have to go through and inspect those things to make sure that they're in good quality, um, contaminant free, that they're in good product to date. And then we also have to package them to put them on inventory for our partners to access. So it's really integral that we have plenty of volunteers on a regular basis that can help us do that sorting, packaging, and providing food for the partners. And, and you're right, we do have just some of the best volunteers in the town. Um, and, and surrounding communities as well. We have volunteers that come to us clear from Minneapolis, um, as far away as Pella, Albia, um, a lot from Davis County and, and Fairfield area too. Um, and they are some of our best evangelists. Um, I, I have a few uh, volunteers, that, well, I don't, but we do have a few volunteers that come in. And it's just weekly that I'm seeing them post on social media about how much fun they have and how great of an impact they make in recruiting their friends. And um, so we're really blessed. But at the same time, you know, we have capacity to run about six more shifts a week that if we had the people to fill them. So that need never goes away. Um, a lot of people look at volunteerism as a one-time thing. It's just a fun, I know, maybe you use your VTO and you find out you had a good time, but then you don't really have the time to get back. And so that's the area that we have a little disconnect is we do need to fill those, those interim spots. So if somebody did want to volunteer, how do they do that? Is there like a place on a website or do they need to call? How do they 
get in touch with you to volunteer? So we try and make that as streamlined as possible. Anyone that's interested in volunteering with the Food Bank of Iowa can go to our website, foodbankiowa.org. That's all lowercase, all spelled out. And they can go under the, um, I think the tab is Get Involved, and the very first line will be Volunteer. So they can um, select that button, and it will lead them to a volunteer calendar. It will show them not only the Tacoma facility, but also the Des Moines facility, because we have a different... our main branch is in Des Moines, um, and they can select which opportunity they want to um, participate in based on the schedule and um, the date and time, things like that. Then they will just show up. We'll get them a quick training, and they'll get plugged right in. We ask that anyone that wants to visit uh, make sure they wear closed-toed shoes and dress in layers because although our warehouse is cool, you warm up quickly when we put you to work. I imagine. So shifting gears just a little bit, you're saying that you have – more uh, availability for volunteers to come in. I'm assuming that means you're pushing out a lot of food. We are, yeah. We've, like I said, we've seen those record numbers. Um, just last month, we were 1.9 million pounds, which is um, in, quite, a, in Wapolo County. Not or? in Wapolo County. That would be across our service area. Okay. Um, and just to clarify, that we have our numbers. Um, corporately combined to the 55 counties that we serve across okay. Iowa's 99. So that would be out of both our Des Moines and Ottumwa distribution centers. But um, but regardless, that's still a lot of food. That's a lot of food going out the door. And so when you consider how much of that requires a volunteer touch, um, it's, it's just very crucial that we have those volunteers in the door. The type of food that you're pushing out, is it really across the spectrum, across all food groups, or is there anything specific that you're pushing out more than the other? The thing that we're seeing the most demand for, and, and always really, is meat. Meat is that most expensive center of the plate item. Um, shortly after that is fresh produce. Um, you know, we, we notice a lot of folks that are in that poverty cycle. They're, they're trying to stretch their d- dollars, their food budget, and they're buying those center aisle things. They're the higher carb things, the higher sugar, overprocessed things that are less healthy. Um, so we really do try and meet that need with the, the exterior aisles of the meat, the produce, the dairy items, and eggs. Um, and a lot of that does come to us through the USDA program, but we also have a lot of great partners that provide that. Um, one that's really relevant to Southeast Iowa, and especially this time of year, is the HUSH program through the DNR. Mm-hmm. A lot of people aren't familiar with that, but it's an acronym that stands for Help Us Stop Hunger. Any hunter that wants to donate that deer just buys a specific tag. Um, I believe it's a yellow tag, maybe. And they will take that deer once it's field dressed to an USDA-approved locker. That locker will grind the venison up into two-pound rolls for us. And then we can put that on our inventory for our partners to access. Um, It's doing a couple of things. Not only is it providing a really clean, lean protein uh, to our partners for their clients, but it's also helping Southern Iowa effectively manage that deer herd to minimize the chronic wasting disease and some of the things that we hear about when the herd isn't managed well. So it's really a great twofold program that provides that meat that is a a big component of what we need. And the hunters get to spend some extra time out in the field. So that's a good thing too. I think it's a win-win. Yes. (laughs) Have you seen, um, going back to the center aisle versus the, the exterior, what your operation is doing is positively affecting the the overall health because we also you know we talk about the poverty we talk about the mental health there's also the physical health aspect um, as well and Wapolo County also has an issue with overall health we're a, a health desert so to speak in the state of Iowa and part of that comes from food so have you seen any impact um 
for your presence in, in Wapalo County with combating that health crisis that we have as well? I think the one area that I really see as being integral to that is, is back to that school pantry program. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had so many reports from teachers of saying, you know, little little Johnny or little Sarah comes to school and they're just distracted. They're bugging their, their table mate and they're, they're not paying attention. They're not grasping things. They're being disruptive. And, and then after a little bit of investigation, teacher might find out that, you know, this little child isn't having breakfast because they don't have that access at home. Maybe their meals come to them through the free and reduced lunch program, but they don't have that. So if, if the teacher is able to step aside, grab a snack out of that school pantry that's right on site, and, and take care of this little one, not only is it providing that child a breakfast, it's making her job, the teacher's job easier, hers or his, um, and, and the classmates are better able to be less distracted. And, and we're just seeing that, um, you know, we have some long-term statistics that show us that childhood hunger really leads into a lot of long-term conditions. Um, it's, it's a big proponent or a big leading cause of you know, diabetes, obesity, heart disease, things like that. So if, if we can impact those kiddos when they're little and, and teach them some, uh, provide for them some food resources, but also teach them um, you know, the benefit of having those cleaner, more wholesome foods and, and a regular well-balanced diet, I think it just sets them up for more success. And, and we know that successful people have um, better mental health in general. Mm-hmm. More, more hope always brings um, positivity. So I think um, the, having that hope that, um, that they can have the nutrition that they need to live a healthy and active life is, is really valuable. So where do you see your operation in the next two to five years? Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to work ourselves out of a job, um, which is what we would all kind of like to, to think about. Um, but, you know, that is our mission is a hunger-free Iowa. Um, but we are currently in the midst of a major capital campaign for our Des Moines facility to do a huge expansion um, so that we can procure and store more food to meet that need because we do see the need growing and we don't see it going away. Um, one of the really audacious goals that we set for ourselves this year is that every school district in our service area that would like to have a school pantry, we're going to provide that. Um, so in, in the midst of great need and having a little bit of um, more difficulty than normal to get the food in the door, we're, we're committed and we're doubling down that we're going to serve the youth of our state. Um, we've also made some great strides in our veterans service programs. Just recently, um, within the last six months here in Ottumwa, we started a veterans mobile pantry that runs once a month. Um, it it was out at the mall, and during the winter months, it's going to be over on Emma Street by the um, emergency management facility so that they can have some indoor protection for the volunteers. But, but veterans is another area that we're really seeing an increase in our, um, our goals of service because they're a little bit overlooked. With this increase of service provision, obviously more money is needed, more food is needed. If somebody wanted to donate to Food Bank of Iowa, how does that look? Well, they can go to our website and do that uh, through our website at foodbankiowa.org. They can use Venmo at Food Bank Iowa. They can write a check and come down and see me at 705 West Main Street or drop it in the mail. Um, really, just about any way they want to donate, we'll accommodate them. Okay. Does that include actual food? Absolutely. Yep. We take food donations here at the Ottumwa branch every day. Uh, We just ask people to go to the rear parking lot off of 2nd Street. It's right across from CETA. They can ring a buzzer there at the door with the giant number three on it, and our friendly staff will be happy to get them offloaded and get them a receipt. And if they would like some social recognition, they can sure get a photo with their donation as well. Okay, perfect. 
probably most importantly, um, I would ask if somebody's actually in need of services that you provide, how does one go about that? Okay. So one really um, kind of confusing component to food banking is that a lot of people get the term food bank and food pantry interchanged. They're not necessarily the same thing. Typically, the food bank is going to be the wholesaler kind of warehouse component of that chain. So we get our food by semi-loads, we store it on pallets, move it with fork trucks, and we ship it out by cases. We ship that to our partner pantries and and places like that who order it by the case and they put it on shelves more like a small town grocery store. They're really the front, uh, you know, the front lines, boots on the ground folks that are serving clients directly um, other than just through minor programming. So at, at our facility, we do have the capacity to provide an emergency box say someone shows up and the pantries aren't open that day, we can get them something to get them through until they can, but it's not going to be that complete package. Um, We also always try and hand them off with a list of local resources, pantries, and things like that. And um, Food Bank of Iowa pays to host a hotline that helps people get signed up for SNAP benefits. So we'll give them a tear-off that's got that number in English or Spanish. They can call, talk to someone in real time, and get set up for some SNAP benefits to help supplement them as well. Have you seen more of a blending as of late of the people who are needing those services from like the Hispanic community, or is it still primarily the native population that has been needing that? Um, We see a little bit of international folks uh, accessing us um, directly from the food bank. I don't really know the markers for the pantry service. We don't really collect, to my knowledge, um, ethnic data of any sort. We do collect um, some age range um, data for our service insights program that we're, trying, that we're going through so that we can make sure that we're best serving um, designated populations. Um, but I think the more that we can just um, bring awareness to the fact that the food bank is down there on West Main Street, a lot of people don't know that we're down there. They don't know what we do in the community or what services we provide. And so I think as more awareness happens, we probably will see more increased traffic. Um, one of the things that we have highlighted over the last couple years is culturally appropriate foods. So we have really increased our push to try and receive things that that might suit different cultures that we serve a little better. Um, specifically in our Des Moines facility, we've been working with a group of African pastors to try and meet the needs of their congregations in more um, culturally appropriate ways. And that's that's definitely something that we want to continue across our service area and bring down here. So I think what we rep- represent like 40 now something it's a lot cultures in Atumwa so it's you know it's daunting process but we want to try and make sure that we're uh, recognizing that and meeting that need as well okay Sandra what is it that what else would you like the people of Atumwa and Wapalo County to know about the Food Bank of Iowa I would just like them to know that uh, there's a role for everyone to play. Um, If you want to donate dollars, we can put them to use. If you want to donate time, we'd love to have that as well. If you can't do either of those things, we would just love your advocacy. Share the word about what we do, about the need that's out there, and the ways that we can support our neighbors. Uh, You know, advocate through your your networks and, and to your local representatives. Okay. And one last time I'll ask you, um, if somebody wants to look up information on the Food Bank of Iowa, how do they find that? They can go to foodbankiowa.org, or they're always welcome to give me a call at the office, 641-682-3403. All right. Well, Sandra, thanks for coming in today, and I hope everybody has a great day, and thanks for tuning in to Talk Atumwa. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Really appreciate it.